and to share a short message uh, just about gratitude. And uh, when he did that, um, well, I had several thoughts. It always makes me nervous to do that. Um, and, but he said, you know, I'll, I'll pray for you. And um, I can tell you he's praying for me right now because he just sent me a text just a minute ago saying, how did it go? I said, well, I haven't started yet. So I'm going to do the best that I can here. Um, all right, so I've, I've learned a few things about gratitude in my life. Um, the first thing I want to say about gratitude is that gratitude is worship. Gratitude is worship. I mean, when, when somebody does something nice for us, we thank them for it, and we give them an offering of praise back. Thank you. We appreciate the fact that you did that. We recognize that. What we've been doing all morning long, worship. Worship is the proper response to who God is and what he's done. Gratitude is the proper response for what we do for one another. It's also the proper response for what God has done. And when people do things for each other, it is a picture of the gospel. Right? It's a small picture of the gospel. We didn't deserve what they did, the kindness that they showed, but they showed it anyway. And so we offer them thanks for that. We did not deserve the cross. But he did it out of his great love for us. So we offer worship. Gratitude is worship. It's praise. He's glorified and his image is put on display when we are gracious to one another. And we are grateful. Worship is the the highest form, the highest thing that we are called to do. One day when we're in heaven, what are we going to do? You mentioned it earlier. You're going to hate heaven if you have to sing, if you don't like singing, right? Because that's what we're going to do. We're going to sing. We're going to praise. We're going to worship. Worship is our highest calling. When we make him known, that's the goal, is that God would be glorified in all of that, right? And so that means, as we relate to one another, gratitude is one of the highest expressions that we have for one another. G.K. Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. If we aren't a people that are known for thanking God, maybe we aren't thinking enough of God. If we aren't a people known for thanking God, maybe we aren't thinking enough of him. I want to preface the rest of what I'm going to say here. A lot of what I'm, I'm going to share with you is some things that I learned um, from a speaker and an author named Ann Voskamp. And she's written a book called A Thousand Gifts. And basically, she's done some studies and, and has made some challenges to some people. And kind of the short of it is that she has asked people all over the world, anybody that listens to her, anybody she can get in touch with, she's asked them to, to take every day to write down three things that they are thankful for. And so, and, and for, for an entire year, these people make this commitment to write down three things that they are thankful for. And after they've done that, they've collected some data. And I want to read to you, this is a quote from her, uh, from some of those studies. It says, they found that if they wrote down just three things a day they were grateful for, they were less depressed. They were less suicidal, less apathetic, than those who didn't practice lifestyle gratitude. 
by the way. I love that term, lifestyle gratitude. If we're talking about worship, that's exactly what we're called to is a lifestyle of worship. So lifestyle gratitude, I like it. She continues, research indicated that recording those blessings was cognitive training, a way of reorganizing your brain to focus on goodness. It increases an individual's positive focus by 25%. Those who practice this type of lifestyle gratitude have higher levels of alertness, enthusiasm, optimism, attentiveness, energy. They were more motivatable, more motivated, more likable, other-oriented, forgiving, generous, helpful, more likely to volunteer, and more likely to give back. Giving thanks and giving back are Siamese twins. They move as one. That's a lot of benefits, right? Writing down three things you're thankful for each day, if it brings that, man, that's incredible to me. But it, it makes sense, really, right? Because when we, when we are gracious and we are, when, we, when, we, when we take time to be thankful and think on those things, it reframes things in our lives, right? Whatever circumstance we're facing, it looks a little different whenever it comes, when we come from a place of gratitude, right? Instead of walking into the situation trying to figure out what I can get out of it, if I come from a place of gratitude, if I've thought about all that I've been given, then I walk into that same situation. I'm not looking for what I get out of it, but I'm looking for ways that I can contribute, ways that I can give. And I could be a blessing to others because I have already been blessed. On the, other on the other hand, if I come at it without the gratitude, then I'm usually comparing myself to somebody else. And I'm usually feeling like, oh, I, I don't have as much as they do. I might be jealous or envious of them. I might be bitter towards them. But when I come from a place of gratitude... It's totally different. It reframes it, right? Whenever we are grateful, it reframes our situations. That's exactly what you were talking about today, right? When, when you came from that place, the second time around in particular, you saw more of it, right? And, and so you, you become stronger and you become a bigger giver, right? My brother was in the hospital this summer as well. We didn't know if he was gonna make it out of the hospital, Dialysis was one of the things, right? It was, it was a crazy situation. But what we, what we found is that if we, just, if we just thought on what was going on with him, then we could get more and more depressed about the situation. It did not look pretty. And nobody thought it looked the way that it should. However, whenever we would t do the opposite and we would grab hold of the little things that we saw that we're going in the right direction, when our attention was focused on the things that we could give God praise for, we found hope. And we found a reason to, to allow ourselves to dream about a better future. When we reframe our minds, it changes everything. And gratitude helps us do that. I love that. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, give thanks in everything. Give thanks in everything. 
This summer with my brother, that's what we were doing. We were looking for every tiny little thing that we could give thanks for. And it guided things much better for us when we did that. It's hard. We've heard some very difficult things this morning. It is not easy to give thanks in everything. But Jesus died for us while we're yet sinners. We have plenty to be thankful for in the midst of whatever circumstance we're in. In our own humanness, what do we do when the darkness begins to overpower, when the darkness is coming in, when, it, when it's weighing in on us heavily, we're overwhelmed? In our humanness, what we do is we grab a shovel and we take that shovel and we, throw it, we pick up some darkness and chunk it out. Then we take up some more and we chunk it out. We shovel the darkness out over and over and over again and we can toil and sweat and work at it. But what happens is every time we pull that darkness out, more darkness floods in and we get nowhere. It's a chasing after the wind, right? It doesn't work. The, there's a reason for that, and that's because the only, re, only way to get rid of darkness is with light. And Jesus is the light. The light. So how do we do that? Gratitude. When we find the little things and we are grateful... We bring light into the situation. Then his light begins to reflect in the darkness. The more we focus on it, the more we concentrate on it, more and more reflections happen. And now all of a sudden there is no darkness. Right? Do you see it? We put him into the situation. We allow him. He's already there. I shouldn't say we put him in there. He's already there. We allow his light to be shown in that and we focus and concentrate on those things and we talk about those things and we share those things and light comes in and darkness is defeated. We've sung that several times today. I, I, I mean, I, was, I told Miranda before I got up here, I was concerned about whether I'd be too tearful to even speak. Uh, and I definitely have had some of that, but this has been a wonderful time, by the way. Um, we need the light. We need Jesus. I'm going to read this part. Gratefulness stomps out the darkness and pushes evil away. It floods the darkness with light. The depression, the vicious cycles of our minds are simply washed away. Gratitude destroys those dark parts of ourselves that seek to destroy us. When we choose to be grateful in those dark moments, we see the true story that darkness has been overcome. Then our minds are also transformed. We begin to experience a joy and satisfaction in Jesus that we never saw before. In addition, gratitude offers rest. When we're burdened, when we're overwhelmed, a few moments of remembering all that he has done, all that he is, it can bring rest. It can bring calm, a peace. In the midst of the worry, in the midst of battle, Remembering who he is and what he's done and thanking him for it brings us peace. The darkness of a busy schedule is flooded with his light in our gratitude. 
Here's another problem that we have. Is we think wrongly. We think wrongly. Oh, there we go. That's it. We think wrongly. Um, we wrongly think that if our situation is good, if, if we are joyful, then gratefulness follows. Right? That's kind of the way we imagine it. Life is good, so we become grateful. But what I want to say is I think it works the other way too. When darkness comes and we choose thanksgiving and praise, joy is soon to follow. Being joyful doesn't make you grateful. Being grateful is what makes you joyful. Because gratitude brings the light into the darkness. Without the gratitude, without the light, we're just shoveling that unending hole of darkness. We've got to have Jesus. By the way, if you think that your situation is different, there's nothing to be grateful for, it's too difficult, remember Jesus' gift. Loved us while we were yet sinners, right? He loved us first. Ultimately, gratitude is a choice to live in response to the gospel. Gratitude is a choice to live in response to the gospel. If we aren't grateful... Either we, tr- we haven't truly encountered the gospel or we're denying its power. If we aren't grateful, either we haven't truly encountered the gospel or we're denying its power. And I gotta confess, I find myself there more often than not. If your situation is tough, think about Jesus. When he was faced with the cross, death itself, what did he do? When the darkness surrounded him. On the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, broke it, and what did he do? Gave thanks, right? Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, knowing that the cross was before him, he sits down to a simple meal and gives thanks. He could have done anything. He's supernaturally powered. He could have done whatever he wanted that night. But he chose to give thanks. He chose to wield the sword of gratitude. The sword of gratitude. We don't think of it that way. But if it gets rid of darkness, it's a sword. Maybe gratitude should be our strategy. Whenever the darkness invades our lives, Maybe gratitude ought to be the sword that we pick up. If it was good enough for Jesus, right? So what are we thankful for? I can remember as a kid, every, every Thanksgiving day, um, we'd gather around the table, actually usually multiple tables, and I was usually at the kid table, the card table, when everybody else has the nice table. Um, right? Um... But then they go around the room, ask everybody what they're thankful for. And I can remember, uh, you know, I always had the typical answers, family, friends, those sorts of things, my new bike, um, my Atari. That tells you a little bit about how old I am, right? Um, 
But when my brother or sister would say whatever it is they're thankful for, if they had the thing, if they said the thing that I was thinking, I was upset. So then I'm going to have to rethink. I'm scrambling. Okay, well, I'm going to say this instead because I got everything's a competition, right? You got to have the better answer. You know what I'm saying? That's how I felt as a kid. Maybe, maybe, I probably still haven't outgrown that very much, to be honest. So what am I thankful for today? I'd say I'm grateful for the opportunity to grow closer to Jesus. I'm thankful that he took my place on the cross. I'm thankful that he's patient with me. I'm thankful that when I'm not grateful, he forgives. I'm thankful that he walks beside me, shows me new things in his word. I'm hopeful that I can become more grateful. I'm thankful for this church and for each one of you. Every one of you. In the end, of course, it's Jesus I'm thankful for. In our relation, I'm thankful for our relationship, for his work, for his word, for his constant presence. All I can do when I think on those things is say the words. Those worshipful words. Those words that are a true response to who he is. Those words that reframe my own mind and strengthen my view of my circumstances. Those words that Jesus spoke to his father on the night that he was betrayed. Those words that overpower the darkness and take ground for his kingdom. The words that overpower the darkness. Thank you. Thank you. On that, would you stand and raise your...